really the biggest key is awareness and it's personal awareness and how you truly feel about money. So when you sit down and pay your bills, are you triggered? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Or do you already have the confidence knowing that there's plenty of money in the account? So it's really about knowing and having that awareness. And once you have that awareness of how money feels in your life in the current moment, then we can start looking at where it stemmed from, where it started from, um, where it's stuck in the body, what originating event it got associated with, and really what's the feeling underneath the feeling underneath the feeling. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith-Austin and Misty Kerrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 it's Kimberly Smith-Austin here, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. I am here today with my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. Happy International Women's Month, History yes. Month. Yes, yes, we are here. We are here and super excited because this month, like we promised, it's going to focus all on women. And we are taking this show to the next level by bringing some dynamic, some amazing, incredible women to the show to share their stories, to share strategies to help you continue pressing forward as you become the best version of yourself. So Misty, who do we have here today with us? Well, I am very excited and honored. Our first guest is known as the Money Whisperer. Uh, she is an author, a speak, an international speaker, a coach, you name it, she's doing it. And um, she taught me a great lesson about beliefs and energy. And we're going to get that lesson to you guys today. So you can start working around your energy and your beliefs and get rid of that financial ceiling that you don't even know you set for yourself. So without further ado, my financially fit, here's the author, here's the book, my financially fit coach, Donna Campbell. Hi, and thank you so much for having me here today. It is a pleasure to be with both of you and to share in all of this. Donna, now, we are happy to have you because in our series, what we're going to do is we're going to bust through our mindset and our energy today so that all of our listeners can, for the next few weeks, get the things they need to get ready to take in sales and marketing and, and profits and all this stuff around the business, but we know, we've been in this field long enough to know if your mindset isn't there and your energy isn't there, mm -hmm. you're not gonna retain any of it, if only a little bit of it, and then you're gonna go back to where you feel comfortable. Yep, Do you find this in your work? Yep, it is absolutely true because if you are not prepared emotionally, physically, mentally, or even spiritually, you are not gonna hold the energy vibration of money. You're going to miss opportunities. You're not going to attract as much of it as you can. And your sales, your profits are not going to magnify if you're not in the right subconscious mindset. Now, Donna, how did you get into this work? Were your parents hippies and you guys were all <laughs> into the subconscious or did you have your own journey around uh, I it? wish my parents were hippies. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
my parents were um, what they originally taught me about money was that it was a secret and you couldn't talk about it because it was an embarrassment. And I figured out that it it was an embarrassment and we didn't talk about it because we didn't have money. Mm -hmm. So it was a sacred conversation you only had with your spouse. Nobody else was to know any of these things. And what happened was I grew up near poverty and that really opened up my myself to receiving opportunities because I knew that there was a different way. There was a different pathway. And so I became incredibly passionate about helping myself, other people create opportunities you wouldn't have, like sending your children to college, for example. I worked through college, but I knew that there was another way to make your money work for you. So that was when I chose to become a financial advisor. And I moved up the ranks. I became the managing principal of an investment firm that I was working with. And at the height of my career, I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money. (laughs) But what that taught me was at the end of my career, those last two, three years, I wasn't able to digest food. So my health failed me because Mm -hmm. of the stress, the worry, the pressure I held onto with that. My marriage ended out of his unfaithfulness. And then after I followed all of the money rules, I became financially devastated being a single parent of two small kids. And I knew that that wasn't the pathway. There was something different. Wow. What a journey. What a story. You know, I, there's nothing like a good story. And I know this is just the beginning of it because that's where you found yourself. And we're yeah. excited to hear about what happened next, because once you found yourself there, there had to be something that took place that you had to pick yourself up from your bootstraps and decide to move forward. And as I, before you get into that, I want to just talk about, you know, we're talking about women. We're talking about the gender inequality. We're talking about breaking the bias. And in in our culture today, so many women do find themselves, you know, single, taking care of children and without a financial blueprint. Donna, when you found yourself there, what Mm -hmm. decisions did you have to make or what shifts did you make? Well, what I realized was all three of those things had one thing in common. And that was me. So I knew I needed to change something inside of me. So I went on a little spiritual journey myself and I moved to an ashram, which is a spiritual living community, because I wanted to study meditation and brainwave patterns and physics and just take that year to uncover what all of those things had in common, me and how it related to everything else inside of my world. Well, at the time, I was in a different relationship with another person that I'd been dating. And at the end of two years, he decided to become physically violent towards me. And he actually choked me, cut off my airway. And just before I took my last breath, he took his hand off of me and said, it's your turn and expected me to retaliate. And I couldn't because it just wasn't in my nature. But I left And I moved my children and I to a different place back to where I started. And what was significant about that event was the things that it taught me. And this is what really opened up some of my doorways was that 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 person actually crossed over and they died from brain cancer. They're no longer living. And I realized that I'm still here and that I have a message and that I need to share these universal truths with everybody as much as possible 
because I'm here and I'm meant to do this and life has purpose so that I'm worthy to live and I'm worthy to live this life abundantly and prosperously. And it was through those realizations that I started putting together the energy connections of money with the energy connections of who you are. And part of that in that relationship, there was a huge money tie to it. So that was really the catalyst that launched me into what I do and share today with people all around the world. It's so crazy you say that. I think there's, um, and I've even talked to, we've coached, there's some women who are in their marriage financially because that's, they have no choice. They feel Mm -hmm. that if they were to leave the marriage, they would lose their lifestyle, maybe even their kids due to, I I did that too. I looked at it. They're not having the money to be by themselves. So that belief keeps them even more trapped. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. At the time of my divorce, when I was um, leaving the marriage, I looked at that and that was a huge consideration. And I looked at it for about three, four months before I decided to go ahead and file because who am I without the support of a man or a male or, and I realized that financially I would have been better off because (laughs) the debts all would have been cut in half. He would have been responsible for his own student loans and I didn't have any student loans and I was the wage earner. Mm -hmm. So I made more income. So even supporting two children and all of that, it financially was not an excuse not to get divorced, to stay in a marriage in a place that wasn't working for me or for him. And that wasn't beneficial for the children either. So I took a long, hard look out of a lot of those things, but financial considerations was a huge piece of it. Can I do this alone? And at first, yes. A year or two later, because of the market, because of the global recession, and because nobody was hiring in the financial services industry, that's where I became financially devastated, even though I followed those money rolls. Wow. You know, Donna, I love the fact that, you know, you talk about your story, your marriage, the children, and your experience in the financial world. I too spent uh, over 12 years in the financial services Mm -hmm. working for one of the larger companies. And there's a lot of information that we learn while not only working there, but serving clients and helping build that community. But I love the fact that you've taken that, what you've learned, and you've converted it into a special and unique Mm -hmm. way in a business to help others. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you've taken that corporate financial experience and transition it not only for yourself to help you grow and develop as a person, as a mom, as a leader, but also Mm -hmm. the community that you serve. Yes. So what ended up happening was when I left that domestic violent relationship, I made some promises to myself, to my God, to my creator, to spirit, that if I and my children were kept safe, I would follow this path of healing because I knew healing was very prominent for myself and other people needed it as well. And when I arrived to my safe place, I decided, well, I'm here. It was day two. I need to fulfill my promise. And I haven't stopped after 12 years. And I have a client base all around the world and I work as an international healer because what we're doing is we're healing the fractures, we're healing the energy, the feelings and emotions we got stuck on in the subconscious that prevent us from moving forward. And I was starting to notice patterns for the last several years with my clients that whether we talked about relationships or maybe we even talked about health, their financial situation always improved. 
And then I started making connections that the wording that we used and the energy underneath how we described ourselves and how we described our financial world world was the same words. So our clients would say things like, I want to know that I'm worthy and that I'm valued and, and that I'm appreciated. But in the financial world, we say, here is your net worth. Your portfolio value is your assets appreciated. Oh, do you have enough money to fund XYZ goal? And if you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside, you didn't have enough on the outside. So the right. words were the same, the vibrations were the same, but it was all based on how you felt about it on the inside. And when that piece shifted and changed, it aligned with everything we do and teach in financial planning, the sales, the marketing, the profits, and all of those started coming in. So whenever there's an internal shift, it also always increases your money supply each and every time. The thing, a connection of belief is that sometimes we don't even know there are beliefs. Right. So I love how you're talking. It's like, and I want the listeners to really think about how was money talked about when you were growing up? Mm -hmm. Was it a secret? Was it dirty? Uh, words like we can't afford it. Like as funny as it seems from three, four and five and six years old, those things just permeate and they set in you. It's like a secondhand smoke and you don't even know what's happening. Right. Exactly. The crazy part is we see it over and over. Even people like um, I've read that people who win the lottery usually end up worse. Yes. Well, um, and you see like athletes or rock stars that they'll hit this huge millions and then be poor within years because their money mindset or their a thermometer, right? There has not switched up to handle that amount of money. So when right. we look at that psychologically wise, it's not just, if someone hands you a bunch of money, if you're not ready for it, you're going to lose it anyway. So if even if you have no money or little money, this is the place to start. And you don't need a lot of money to start with your beliefs or your uh, mindset on that. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners of no matter what level they're at, what's a great place to start? Maybe a book mm -hmm. or uh, podcast or some things that our listeners can right away kind of jump into and gravitate towards. Right. Absolutely. Um, of course, the Financially Fit book um, would be a place. But in that, what you would discover is, is really the biggest key is awareness and it's personal awareness and how you truly feel about money. So when you sit down and pay your bills, are you triggered? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Or do you already have the confidence knowing that there's plenty of money in the account? So it's really about knowing and having that awareness. And once you have that awareness of how money feels in your life in the current moment, then we can start looking at where it stemmed from, where it started from, um, where it's stuck in the body, what originating event it got associated with, and really what's the feeling underneath the feeling underneath the feeling, because that's really what money whispering, mind whispering is all about. It's starting with your original thought to find the thought under the thought, under the thought, under the thought to back to the inception. And then that's the point we make an energy change at. But awareness is the key. Without awareness, you're not gonna go very far. I love that. You know, I wrote down three words just now, and I don't know if it was intentional or it just happened to come out. And we're talking about awareness, which is part of that <laughs> mindset piece. But you said three things, where it stems from, where it starts from and where you're stuck. I love alliterations, yeah. by the way. <laughs> 
So when you said that, I wrote that down. And if you think about that, that is the foundation. Taking that time to really take a deep look, a deep dig in, and then you're able to making your way out of the mud, get yourself out of that muck that you're in. But it starts with awareness and making that discovery. That was good, Donna. I just have to say that. (laughs) Thank you. It does start with that awareness each and every time, because through that, and once you uncover the feeling with the awareness, you can trace it to the body, unlock it to the event, and work your way backwards to see where it first started. Like for me, I didn't know that money was an embarrassment and that money was a secret. I grew up that way, but I didn't understand it. And then here I am later in life going, how come X, Y, Z? And I sat and I'm like, and really looked at what did my parents teach me about money? And then it was like, well, it was a secret. Well, why was it a secret? Well, we didn't have any. Well, how come we didn't have any? And I just kept asking the questions and realized that I was embarrassed by money and we shouldn't be. And that embarrassment was a huge block that if I had money, it, it wouldn't create for me. It wouldn't work for me energetically until that embarrassment was removed. And then once that happened, then it's now safe to talk about money. Absolutely. Now, what do you see are the common perceptions around money? You know, for example, I know I just had a conversation yesterday with a client that I'm working with and her mindset is she didn't have money. Now she (laughs) believes she should have everything. So she's not Mm -hmm. a budgeter. She spends all of her money on material possessions Mm -hmm. because of her lack of. On the contrary, I grew up without, and I'm saving, saving, saving everything Mm -hmm. I can because of fear of maybe there won't be any money left later. So what do you see as some of those common approaches or philosophies around money? Mm -hmm. A lot of it does, both of those scenarios stem from fear, fear, doubt, and disbelief. Mm -hmm. And on one side, it's fear of, I have to save so I can have more in the future. And on the other side is, I may not have it. I might as well get it now. Otherwise it's fear and feeling that lack inside. So it all stems from fear. Fear is just showing that we are not able to recognize or acknowledge love in the moment and that there's an absence of love and we can't figure out where that love is. But when that fear changes and shifts and transforms, and we can see that their love is in the moment, then we become more balanced within it. And fear, doubt, doubt that it's uh, possible that you can have both things and doubt in our abilities, um, in our own worthiness will stop. And then disbelief, not believing in ourselves, not believing in others. How come that person, not me, but really the root of all of that, it really does come down to fear, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of bankruptcy, fear of rejection, all of those things. It all comes down to fear usually. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I I love it too, because in the midst of one of our sessions, it was really um, finishing the conversation. So I think a lot of us, when it comes to psychology, we have the, the thought and then we just stop at the thought. So like we have the definition, right? I'm a saver or I'm a spender. And I've heard people identify through that before, but they're like, why? Why didn't I really thought of that? And they go a little back. Okay, well, when I was little, you know, like money was scarce. So then uh, I was like, money's not going to be scarce when I grow up. And so you, okay, well, why did you decide that? And how old were you when that, when that happened? And what was going, 
around at that time. And um, for you, did you want something and couldn't have it? Or was it something else? And I thought money beliefs were all related to money in the sense. But I think, Donnie, you were talking about it in the beginning is there could be something going on in another energy level of our life right. that we create a belief. And that belief just kind of permeates over and it adds to our money belief. It may not even have to do with money that incident that took place when we were a child and we created a belief and an energy around it, it just happens that money falls into it now. So I thought that was very interesting too, because I thought the beliefs were kind of um, equal. Like they stayed in their own lane. Like if I had a weird money belief, it was because something happened as a child with money, but it really was almost trauma or um, what you would consider trauma, a, a incident maybe that a child can't comprehend or, or they get a certain belief around because they're like young and they're, trying to distinguish why and how and they create that belief at that time to get through that event and then as an adult now it's it's other beliefs that come into that relationships money people so I thought that was really interesting too because I thought when I first started in the work I was like oh it's because I have a weird money belief due to as a child the belief of money and after reading your book I even realized it was there could be generational beliefs there could be ancestral beliefs and even for us as women with the media and how we grow up and maybe how we were raised. There's beliefs that we have as a, um, as uh, women. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the universe is all or nothing. It doesn't separate or compartmentalize. It's only returning to you the emotional frequency that you were sending out. So if you're sending out resistance, it's resistance in all areas of your life, not just with money, so it, it doesn't define, it doesn't compartmentalize or separate. We do that as people. So it, the universe and everything around us is always sending us back the emotional frequency we're sending out 100% of the time. So if you don't like what's showing up in your life, you know that there's something emotionally in there to shift and change to a higher frequency because the universe is based on vibration, frequency, and energy. Now, what's really interesting about women and women beliefs is, is that there was some significant time periods culturally where things shifted and changed. Originally, you know, the woman stayed home, the man would go off to work and she would take care of the family and he would bring home the bacon and she would be the support person and all of that. But times have changed. I grew up in the 70s during the women's liberation movement in California, where women could be anything that they wanted to be. And this was one of the defining moments in my life. I remember my mom asking me what it was that I truly wanted to be. And I would come up with all kinds of answers, but I remember my most famous answer was, well, I'm gonna join Greenpeace and save the whales. Essentially, I told her I was gonna be an activist and that was not the right answer. So (laughs) she, no, you can be a doctor or a lawyer or even a scientist because women could be anything this time. And it was something that she didn't have. She didn't get to grow up in that. And she wanted me to succeed in different areas. So I just learned that it was easier to tell her the answer she wanted to hear. I'll be a teacher. I'll be a veterinarian, whatever you want me to be. And um, because that kept me safe from that energy blast I would get because of her anger. But um, during that time, yeah, women could be anything. So we started taking on different roles and we started entering the workforce, some out of necessity, some out of just the pureness of that we can be in the workforce. So it changed the entire dynamic of how our relationships work, but our brains work a little bit differently. 
So we both have a masculine and a feminine brain. And in our feminine brain, it is our right side. So it is our intuitive, our creative, our inspirational, our passionate side of things. And then our left brain is more action-oriented, sequential, and logical. Irregardless of gender, you're more dominant either in your masculine brain or your feminine brain. I know very many many female who are very masculine brain oriented. And I know a lot of men that are feminine brain oriented, but a lot of these things happen during the seventies and eighties of how the brains were working. And then when we come together in a partnership, we expect the masculine person to be in the masculine role and the feminine person to be in the feminine role, irregardless of gender. However, if you don't ebb and flow between those two different brains, you'll have conflict in the relationship. And if you don't understand how it works, it's going to block you from creating and manifesting together in a money supply role that way. That's good stuff. I love it. You know, as you speak to that, I want to just highlight a few things, particularly earlier, you talked about the fact that awareness was number one. That's kind of the stepping stone, the foundation. And then secondly, you talked about fear and how fear is a huge factor in where people are in their decision-making or their philosophy behind money. And now you just brought up the concept of, you know, this latest piece. So with that, I I think about women and Mm -hmm. whether it's masculine or feminine brain, how do we take those things, the awareness, and then taking the fear and really opening up the door so that women can step into their greatness? you know, real quick statistic, women make 84% of what men make. How do we shift with all the information, all the resources and all the opportunities that exist for women today? Mm -hmm. One of the ways, of course, it's going back to that awareness, but also where and how are you using your brain function? And where do you find your gifts at? Are you really good at executing and putting a plan into place? And when we talk about sales and marketing, enhancing profits and the things that you do, those are doing things. Doing things activates the masculine brain. The masculine brain accounts for about 10% of our reality because everything else is an idea or a thought or an emotion or an inspiration. And that's 90%. And this is the subconscious mindset stuff that we look at. So when that is in alignment first, when you do those action steps, then you get results 100% of the time. So the right brain, the feminine brain, the inspiration, that's where we meditate, it's where we get our ideas. It's that 90%, but it's the being side of things. So our traditional model in the world is we go out and we do, 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 because the world expects action, which is the doing side, which activates only 10% of how we're using it. I'm not saying you're only using 10% of your brain. I'm just saying that it's 10% of the awareness of the time. And then we would then kind of go in and check in and like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Or maybe when we start creating that awareness, what we need to do is reverse that process And look at some of the great people before us, um, our scientists, Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein, all of our inventors, um, a common day person people talk about is Steve Jobs, because what they did was they activated their feminine brain, that 90%, to come with the ideas, the inspiration, the creativity, and then they put the plan into place with their team, and then they would 
move and then they would um, keep sequentially moving forward, but then check back in with the feminine side to make sure we are on track. Instead of just running around trying to do all these things without checking in, we start with the feminine brain, we put the plan into place, and we go back and we check with the feminine side of ourselves. And each person has this ability to do this in that. So it's, it's really about coming into that internal balance starting with your idea, your inspiration, and then putting the things into place that make sense. Because if you're just showing up, running around, doing the things that everybody else said to do, it may not be in alignment with what you want to create unless you look at that first. Love it. Good stuff. So if you had to give women a, a blueprint, and it's a really small blueprint on mm -hmm. just taking a step forward, one step forward mm -hmm. from where they are today, in the direction and where they want to be. What would be some of those critical pieces, Donna? What I would do anytime you were to make a decision in anything in life, whether it's a business decision, a personal decision, a decision for your child, um, it could be as simple as, hey, mom, can we have a dog? Stop and take a few minutes for yourself and sit in your energy, in your space, and then I want you to look and see what would it look like for you if you did have a dog, for example. And would that bring you happiness? Not the children happiness, not your business partner's happiness, not the boss happiness. Is it going to bring you happiness in the moment? And then we're going to look and see what it would be like not to have a dog. And is that going to bring you happiness? And then when you can determine which set of decisions, maybe you have three or four options, whichever one is gonna bring you the most happiness internally is the right answer. So before I make any decisions of my next set of action steps, I sit in those decisions and see if that's going to be the best scenario for me, not somebody else. I get invited a lot to speak on different stages and I have an event coming up here and I was asked if I would come and to be on that stage. And I know with some of my people that I work with, it wasn't an option for them. But what I did was I followed that same process and I slept on it, so to speak. What I really did was I went in to see what was going to bring me happiness. And then I chose to do the event because that's going to bring me happiness. I didn't hold myself back because I didn't think this other person wanted me to do it. They didn't want me to do it, but that's okay. They've accepted it. And now they're starting to see the benefits of why I chose to do this. They just had some learning to do. So it's just following that process and what's going to bring you the happiness in making those decisions, because that is always going to be the higher answer because happiness is a higher vibration than the stress or the worry or the second guessing, or I should hold myself back because this other person thought. XYZ. Go with the happiness because that's going to change everything else dynamically in your life. Which is crazy because women, most women, they tend to go the opposite, right? What's going to make the kids happy? What's going to make the partner happy? Because we're so service orientated yes. towards others. Absolutely. And, sometimes that does. and I did the dog one. I did that one personally. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> that dog, dog anymore because <laughs> it didn't make me happy. And if I wasn't happy, my children weren't happy. And it didn't matter if we had a dog or not, but I wanted them to be happy. So I said, yes. And it was an older dog and it would lay there. 
I didn't know it was going to dig up my entire yard and do other things <laughs> until we, until it happened. But um, yeah, um, I didn't want the dog at the time and I should have just honored that. But well, like they were honored that. Yeah. Honor how you feel and make the decision based on that. Now here, Donna, in your book, Financially Fit, I see in the book, you tell the audience or the readers that they're going to learn a couple of things. Implement the three key secret keys to build in prosperity, release self-sabotaging yep. money inhibiting patterns, create financial affluence story, unblock energy mm -hmm. to allow wealth to get in and then rebuild your money surplus and energy supply. Yes. Today, if you would share with our audience, maybe two or three nuggets that they can take away from our uh -huh. talk today related to those things, because we want to encourage them to grab this book, Financially Fit with Donna Campbell, but yes. really thinking about what are those nuggets they can take to help them <laughs> on their journey? Well, one of the biggest things, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, was the fear, the doubt, the disbelief. Those are the three major blocks to everything. And the energies to open up those prosperity doors are faith, trust, and belief. And those are the antidotes. So we sabotage ourselves with these lower emotions, like maybe you're avoiding when it's time to pay the bills or you want to blame others. It could be that you have judgment or criticalness or <laughs> the phrase is green with envy and jealousy. And those aren't the right frequencies to be in because they're going to stop you each and every time. So financially fit takes you on a journey a little bit to uncover where some of those patterns might be for you, but then what to shift it to the faith, the trust, the belief, because disbelief will go to belief, doubt will go to faith, and then fear will go to trust. And when you start shifting it to those energies, the faith, the trust, the belief, it opens up other energies, other emotions, such as peace. And we say we want to have a piece of the pie. We have balance. We have to balance the scales and balance our budgets and balance our balance sheets. And it brings us that internal joy, the happiness we spoke about. It puts us in a state of love and harmony and gratitude. Gratitude is huge as an energy because we leave gratuities for other people um, in the areas of service. So gratitude is a way to leave a gratuity and it returns back in money and beauty, and then trust. So it really starts opening yourselves up to the higher frequencies. And instead of avoiding paying your bills, for example, you can be at peace paying your bills. That one feels a little bit better. And if you're at peace paying the bills, then you can really have a piece of that pie. But if you're avoiding it, you're procrastinating and you're stopping all kinds of money from coming to you. So it takes you on that part of the journey. Um, and how to release some of those self-sabotaging beliefs and emotions. The center part of the book is all about active creation and manifestation, which we talked a little bit about with our brain and how our brains work to really put the emphasis and the focus in the right perspective. And then that last part is about the building that a client's, uh, client's personal affluent story, because we want to take what we're having here in the future and bring it into the present. We don't want it next week, next year, 10 years from now, we want it today. So it starts bringing you in and taking the future into the present moment. So we're clearing stuff from the past, releasing it, changing it. We live in our present moment. And then we bring the future into the today because all time past, present, and future is now. The only difference is how you use your brain and the brainwave patterns it's associated to.
and you can have it all, all at the same time. I couldn't write fast enough. <laughs> I might have to go back and review it. <laughs> right. Well, we definitely will drop the so, link. The link for the book will be in the notes as always. But oh my gosh. Now, if this was a little deep, mm -hmm. the future is the present and the moment. It just starts with a little education, like reading a book or understanding that we all live in frequencies and energies. There's people in our lives that we hate to be around because they're so draining or there's other people we'd love to be around um, because they are so energetic and they make us feel so good. So it's taking some of the things that we already kind of know exist and just amplifying a little bit to know that everything is energy. Do you wanna do a quick little exercise here for the past, present, future? Absolutely. So close your eyes for a moment. Think about something that happened yesterday. That's the past. Now I want you to think about your tomorrow. That's the future. Go ahead and open your eyes. Now I watched both of you, neither one of you disappeared. The <laughs> only thing that changed was your brainwave pattern to recall from the past or project yourself into the future. You were still here in the present moment because that's all we really have. And that's what I mean by the past, the present and the future is all in the same moment. The only thing that shifted was your thought. And if we can clear up those thoughts and those things in the past that are stopping you from moving into your future, you're always here in the moment, creating the best life possible. And you get to live the life you love and love the life you live. Great. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> that is what I believe. You know, we when we get the opportunity to do exactly what we said, live the life we love and love the life we live. Absolutely. There's nothing that can stop us, nothing that can create or take away our joy. That is something that I've been seeking, something that I finally put a put a foot on. And I say finally, because I think we we are contemplative over the years, you know, as we age and mature, we start mm -hmm. seeing things differently. And so grateful that you would bring this information to our show today. I believe that you're going to empower, fire up and reignite many women and men who are listening because there are some blocks. Mm -hmm. There are some things that have stepped us or stood in our way from reaching that next level. And Donna, the information you shared- Did you freeze? Oh, there you are. You froze for a few seconds. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. You, should, you said there are some blocks and then it kind of froze. Yeah. And, but I think Donna's going to help people make those breakthroughs. Yes. Ooh. Thank you. So real quick, where can we find you? Where can our audience find you, Donna? Um, you can just go to a couple of places. You can go to DonnaCampbell.com and that will um, share with you everything um, where you can get financially fit, other books and things that I'm in, how to connect for consultation calls. You can also type the word abundance to 26786 and that will directly link you to everything as well. So abundance to 26786. Incredible. Donna, we thank you so much for joining our show. We appreciate you. And I know Missy, you were saying something before I chimed in. Did you have something you want to close out and just share or ask Donna as we prepare to close out the show? I just want to say thank you. We'll drop all these in the link. But to really just encourage people, uh, if you start somewhere, just start with a book. It's, books are not intimidating. You have the energy 
But the book definitely is a fast, it's a fun read. There's stories in there. I love learning through stories. There's action steps and there's things for you to kind of just think about and process through. So I um, loved your book on it because it gave me all of it. I got to read, I got to laugh, I got to really think, self-contemplate, and then put a plan together of how to move forward. There's even spaces to write. So it's like a book and workbook all in one. Uh, really loved it. And it definitely, it put me on the journey to understand it a little better. And then that led me to more coaching and more mentoring. So just loving that. And I, I always have the, the effect of what's the first step? What's the most easiest first step I could do without it um, scaring the hell out of me or changing my life or um, taking me out of what I call, um, oh, what's the word? Your, your daily habits were like, well, my life's okay. So if your life's okay, don't be scared yourself by being a great and it's amazing. Yes. Look, just take a little baby step. Yep. Read a book. Read a book. And just read a book. Think about what you would like to have even better because you can have it all and all at the same time. I love that. Thank love you. It. Thank you. Thank you again, Donna, for joining our show. And like we say every single week here, there is something out there waiting for you. Now go get it. It is March. And Kimberly, do you know what March is? Well, let me see. It is Women's History Month. And oh my goodness, this month we are going to celebrate. We're going to advocate and we're going to make things happen. What's going on this month? We have guest speakers. We have techniques. We have strategies. We're going to get you, your health, and your business to the next level. Super excited about that, Misty. Can't wait to hear. We have some special guests that will be coming with us this month. Special strategists, specialists, business coaches who are changing the world. Sales, strategies, profit, profitability, all those things. We're going to bring it right here to this platform. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you check us out on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, The Made to Inspire Podcast. We have it coming just for you. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter Inspire You. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, we're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.